this is episode 24 of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Planiverse. And today, Kareen and I wish to talk about defining the important things from urgent things when planning, particularly when it comes to wanting to maintain a daily planner. So, Kareen, tell me all about it. Everything in your list must be done now. Oh. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? That's usually what I come across during the day is that I look at my planner and I realize that there's so many things that I just wish would be done now. And the problem with that is that they've got to be systemized and prioritized. Otherwise, everything is going to be pulling at your attention strings at every minute. <laughs> and in order to get out of that, I must do it, must do it, must do it, I think... The best example that I have found is the Eisenhower Quadrant. And if people aren't familiar with this, it's very, very similar to what Franklin Covey uses as their priorities quadrant. Imagine, if you will, those of you out there in the Plannerverse, a quadrant, a big square that's split up into four equal squares. So in the top left quadrant, we would have the number one, which is for things that you need to manage right now. They're crises, they're pressing problems, things that demand instant attention. Those are your number one issues. In the second quadrant, which is right next to the number one box, would be things that you would focus on. Strategies, values, planning, all of that fits into quadrant two. And then below them is three and four. So three would go under one and three would be Interruptions and busy work, things like phone calls, text messages, anything that comes your way that seemingly seems urgent, but really has no set value to why it's urgent. And then number four, of course, is the last quadrant fits under number two, is the trivial and wasteful stuff, like playing Candy Crush Saga. For those of you that send me invites, please stop. I can't stand it. I can't do it anymore. And Pokemon. Um, <laughs> what's that, Steve? Pokemon. Pokemon, yeah, that's the other one, right? We're going to date ourselves, but uh, I don't know exactly what a Pokemon is. My husband had to explain it to me, and when he did, I just gave him a blank stare, and I said, really, people are playing this game? You rolled your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if it's a pocket monster, I have Steve Morton. I just you pull him out of my pocket every so often and say, here, Steve, be a monster. Um, but really, if we're going to discuss this, I, I found a very interesting article in a blog called The Art of Manliness. I really like their, their articles. They have a good sense about them. And one of the things I've noticed is that people tend to, particularly now with the internet and with information overload coming at us from all directions, it's very difficult to shut off the stream of information because I feel that if I do, I'm going to lose track of my friends and family. So it's not that I don't want to hear what my friends and family have to say, but because I've opened the channel to allow their input in, everything else seeps in too. And I think that's where filters come in. And there's not going to be enough filters ever, right, Steve? There's just the, not the, enough the filters. The demands to... on our time are so much higher these days, aren't they? Um, yeah. You know, I, I come from a a dark and distant past when there was just two channels on TV and the radio and you had a telephone in your house and you had a daily paper maybe arriving in the evening I think in our case as a kid and that was your sources of information yeah you know we've still got all of those sources of information 
plus the internet you know that right. sort of thing in the room as it the elephant in the room as it were of that ever sort of starving wanting information and interaction with you all the time do you remember when we we used to have analog phones and they would ring like phones did at the time they wouldn't beep or boop do you remember that if it was dark in the house towards the evening after dinner time if the phone rang everyone would run to mm. see who was at the phone and now if the phone rings we put our silencer on we don't want to deal with it it shuts away because we're overloaded mm. at any given moment during the day we've had information coming at us either through email or text messages or the interwebs or the facebooks or the twitters or the whatevers i i find that we got we have got so used to not dealing with things in real time now yep that when we yep. are pressed to do things in real time and we haven't been forewarned about it it becomes a damn inconvenience it's always when you're just about to sit down to have a meal or something the yeah. phone will go or your your phone will uh, you know your you know mobile phone will suddenly twerp up with a facetime message or something i'm going oh go away <laughs> right right go away is the instinct yeah. that we have now because it's just too much yeah. and real time i mean meals still have to be taken analog yeah. uh, they, uh, they haven't devised a way for us to digitize no. our meals yet <laughs> so hopefully still love and eating are the two things yeah. that we can do in a, in a real-time fashion and, and that's the problem is that our stimulus is constantly being redirected. Uh, they talk about it here in the art of manliness. They say Miley Cyrus Torquegate is given the same weight as important policy discussions. Yeah. And it's true. If we hear something, right, what's trending? What's trending now? Yeah. Oh, my God, let's listen to it. Yeah. Who cares? And that's why it's so important to have a quadrant like this. Um, obviously, General Eisenhower, President of the United States, came up with this, and Franklin Covey devised their own system based on this quadrant. I like to look, look at it like this. Number one, the first quadrant is the things you must do first. You wake up in the morning, you know how you do them. And the reason you know that you must do them first is because you've taken some time to figure out what your life plan is and what your core values are. Mm. If you have defined those things, then the number one do first things will come naturally. You will know what needs to be done. But what happens is nobody takes the time to define the life plan or the core values. And so everything feels like it's a must do first yeah. thing. You can, well, then that's when, the I'm fact sorry, that yeah. I, the fact that Eisenhower came up with this is quite yeah. significant for me because imagine you're lit you literally parachuted into the president's job yeah. overnight. All of a yeah. sudden, your life changes dramatically, right. and you've got all these people coming to you saying, "I must know give know your decision on this, or you right. need to deal with this, or you need to deal with this." So therefore, he ha he would have had to, and any current sort of person in that sort of um, level of responsibility would have to have something like this to decide, right, which do I do next and which is the most important things to do next? Because um, they're all important, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're all if, important. In the grand scheme of things, yeah. And but so, you have to sort of get things into mm. your mind so you can get things into the right order to stand some right. chance of success without going stir crazy basically and still manage to get out the important information and distinguish it from the non-important as far as what your roles and responsibilities are and just like president eisenhower you have to be the manager you have to be the ceo of your own life mm. and you have to decide what's important now the number two category is what the eisenhower quadrant calls focus 
focus on strategies and values. But these things are, for example, um, setting up a weekly planning session, exercising, family time, reading books, journaling, uh, taking classes, studying, meditating, having, I like Steve noticed this one early on before we were chatting, is that date night with a wife? I said, yeah, definitely, quadrant two. <laughs> and Eisenhower and a lot of people that, that looked at this quadrant said, we should be spending our time working in quadrant two. It's when you set up your planning systems, it's when you set up time to improve yourself long term, that's when you start affecting the change that you want to see in your goals. So your goals would be like your year end goals, mm. right? Let's say you have a tax deadline or you have uh, something that needs to be done and you know you're working towards that. Well, you now you set up a plan to work towards mm. that and you work towards it. Unfortunately, what happens is that most people think that everything that's pressing has to happen in one. Yeah. So you would try, I'm just going to pull a figure out of the air now, but say spend 85% of your time working in the sort of focused area, yeah. leaving you some spare capacity somewhere should something important and needing your attention immediately yeah. come along at any one time. I like um, to use the Pareto principle, Steve, mm. the 80-20 rule. Okay. I like to split my time up like that. There's the 80-20 rule, if, if you all haven't heard about it. It, it pretty much means that 80% 80, 80 of the people you speak to uh, are, are the are 20%. I'm sorry, I, I, I mix that up. 20% of the people that you speak to in your phone, for example, in your phone list, you speak to 80% of the time. 20% mm. of the foods that you eat, you eat 80% of the time. 20% right. of the clothes you wear, you wear 80% of the time. And so this goes on and on and mm. on. And if you find that, then that means that you can actually focus on 20% of your time being most productive. Mm. And if you use that 80% of the time, then you will be productive. And that way, mm. like Steve suggested, if you spend 80% of your time in quadrant two, then that leaves you an extra 20% to deal mm. with in case something does arise. Mm. And so that's why Steve and I have been such big proponents of weekly planning and or at least consistently planning, even if it's not going to be weekly, maybe you just need to sit down once a month. For me, that's too rare. I mm. find that I lose track of myself if I do once a month. This last week has been absolutely craziness for me. I have not been able to plan. And as a result, I have felt it. I have felt it in the lack of being able to catch up with my appointments and all the stuff that I planned went out the window. It's in my new sort of turning over the leaf of, of doing more sort of um, planner planning mm. um, I've been finding that the the list has filled up earlier in the week to the point if I remove the page you will see that my list for this week um, is more or less was completed sort of filled all the spaces were filled by about Tuesday this week. So I'm thinking, oh, no, what am I going to do? So what I've been doing in, in this sort of panic of, oh, must get all everything done type thing, uh -huh. is whilst I noted things down initially, unassigned as to what days they were going to be on, uh -huh. that was my sort of first filter. Get right, the brain dump. Get it out of your head. Get it out of my head. Get right. it all on paper. What I then started to do was to transfer... Um, them across into the relevant days in the week as to when Perfect. I was going to hoping to do them. You know, this is this is revolutionary for me. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe it, Steve. This see, this is the way I've been planning forever, and I'm yeah. so glad that you're finally you adopting know, this. Why have you suddenly realised that this is the best way? Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm a slow learner, but um, no. It, what I'm... was that? Say, say it for the planiverse. Mm. Katina was right. Mm. <laughs> 
Yes. Mm. Yeah, who won't say it? <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I can sort of, I'm starting to sort of understand um, more about this sort of thing now. Not necessarily, oh, that's the way I've always done it. Far mm. from it. Um, and to a certain extent, it, it it's only meant small changes the way I'm doing things, not big changes. Right, right. small and permanent habit changes. Yeah. And right. But those small changes have brought about, for me anyway, large improvements in... Um, Exponential, yeah, yes. Yeah, in sort yes. of... I suppose productivity is about the best way I can think of this. That's um, been the reaction of my clients, particularly yeah. veterans that I've consulted yeah. with when they're overseas in war zones. I've given them little tweaks that they can use on their planning systems. Mm. And boy, have they come back exactly like you saying, look, I just did one small thing and yeah. my entire week's focus shifted as a result of mm. that. That's where I want you all to be with this. But I can certainly see where we look at sort of limiting sort of thing, the trivial and wasteful time things. Um, you That's know, quadrant four, by the way. Yeah. The, Which, the trivial and wasteful where you escape and you use entertainment only as a stress minimizer, mm. not because, for example, you like roller skating and you go roller skating, but like mindless, mind-numbing stuff that you mm. do because you need to escape the reality of how your day has been. That's quadrant four. That to me is where I sort of will watch sort of, you know, 10 minute, 20 minute YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Just nothing else. I just sort of sit and I will gaze. It's just like watching the TV, I suppose. Right. Um, but um, quite often, anything longer than that, where it needs my attention span longer than 20 minutes, that's sort of when I'm doing something else. Uh, I'll be doing the ironing or something like that, watching the sort of 40 minute. It's just like watching a TV show then for me. But, um, right. Well, that's different because then you're multitasking, right? Yeah. You're doing, you're doing actually two. doing your your chore or whatever needs yeah. to be done, and everything else is the background noise. Mm. But the quadrant four specifically is talking about, for example, playing internet games or video games or whatever uh, on end mm-hmm. and avoiding using that as an avoidance technique or a numbing technique yeah. from what actually needs to be done. And usually, when that happens, is because you haven't set up a game plan mm. and you haven't set up a focus on what you want to achieve. Or if you have, you haven't set it up clearly enough in the words that you're using. For, so, for example, you've said, yeah, I want to lose weight by the end of the year. But you've not defined how much. You've not defined how you're going to do that. You've not defined little steps that you can start taking mm. to get to there. And so the task just seems overwhelming. And you yeah. say to yourself, you know what? I'm just not going to do it. I don't want to deal with it. How can I check myself out? And that's where people live mostly is in quadrant four. I recognize that absolutely 100% in not necessarily losing weight, but certainly in a lot of other things. Mm. And uh, and you're absolutely spot on there. Is how I would um, approach that would be to break the thing down into smaller chunks that are more achievable, um, and, and you've got a better chance of success type thing. Um, that to me is certainly would certainly uh, help. And that it's basically the the way I used to do stuff at work in terms of. Sort of large, big, large projects. We break them down into smaller, right. manageable things. So you know, you've got this big global project, and you'd sort of start off with the sort of preparation work. You know, do some test measurements or something before you went into the big, you know, measure a hundred odd different parameters on something, and then the final bit would be the sort of writing of the reports and bringing all those results together and 
you know, to look at the thing to start with, you think, oh, gosh, where on earth do we start? Right. Where do you grab it from? Where yeah. do we start? And because the client's only given us 60 days in which to do this, and, you know, they want the results by a certain day and all this sort of thing. So you have to be able to break it down and see what, what, what can we actually achieve that's going to be useful in that time span and get the results written up and presented. Right. And, and essentially what you're saying is that you're turning a very large project into multiple mini projects. Yeah. And if somebody just says, well, look, you don't have to lose weight by the end of the year. You don't have to finish this project at the end of 60 days. Take that pressure off and just say what you do have to achieve is in the next two days, can you collect all the data required for this mm. subject matter, for example? Or can you make a list of foods that you like to eat that are also healthy? Just mm. forget about the goal, right? Mm. Just can you do that? And all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, I could probably do that. I could probably come up with all the information that I would need or make a list of what I, foods I like to eat, for example, in the next two days. Um, and then it doesn't seem overbearing. Then you move on to the next project, next mini project. Mm. How do you sort of um, see sort of actually allocating the sort of priorities to things in a paper planner? How, how What's your best sort of advice on doing that? So what I have found is similar to what you said is initially I do a brain dump and I, I have a monthly master task list that I work off of. I also have an annual master task list. I really like to make my master task lists in December as part of my transition into the following year. Mm -hmm. And I've made a celebratory event out of it. So the time after Christmas and before New Year's is the time that I like to spend shutting everything down in the house. Mm. Um, we don't, if people want to come over, they're welcome to come over, but we invite the quiet sort over. <laughs> we don't like the rowdy punches. And so we'll end up playing quiet music in the house. There'll always be music playing in the house. We'll have a fire going. It'll always be this quiet space where you can just sort of take a nap if you need to at any given moment. And what I've done is I, I take that time and I create lists, the annual list for 2017, for example, will be created this year in December, where I look over my list of what has been accomplished and what still needs to be accomplished and extract what I'd like to keep, keep, mm -hmm. basically. Based on that, what I do then is I split up into monthly segments what I would like to accomplish for those months. Mm -hmm. And I know, for example, now we've experienced the summers of Williamsburg. My God, these are hot and humid summers. Mm. So one thing that we've gotten clear on is that if we're going to do an escape, if we're going to have a holiday, it's going to be between July 15th and August 15th of next year. We're very clear on that. Some northern <laughs> country or some Australian <laughs> native is going to be receiving us. So that Canada. Can be Canada, somewhere, I don't know, away from the, the craziness here. But... Um, Similarly, so what I do is I split it up in a monthly basis and then every week I extract from that master task list what I feel would be aligned with the work that I'm currently doing. Mm -hmm. And I split it up and I delegate, which is quadrant three, by the way, where we have, we're interrupted with busy work, phone calls, text messages. Please, can you write me this recommendation letter? Mm -hmm. uh, somebody comes by your desk. Hey, can you do this for me? Those are quadrant three things. So if that stuff comes up, I just delegate it. And one of the things that has been useful for me, and this is an area that I know you haven't dived into yet, Steve, but you might be interested in, is this is where I use the OmniFocus app. Yeah. I have actually 
so the content you've gotten clear on context it's i contextualize this yeah. and i put it into the app and the app allows me to have this big digital list that can get printed out anytime i want mm -hmm. the list also lives in analog form and so what happens is once i have the master task list i've delegated now into contexts and split up those contexts throughout my week mm -hmm. so i just have a very thin slice of the very big pie that get that gets cut yeah. annually, monthly, weekly, and then now daily. Do you actually then say within a, a any one day, let's say for argument's sake, then divide those tasks up into sort of you know one, two, three, and four sort of in terms of priority order? It depends on what I've got going on. If I know, for example, that I'm meeting with a client on that day or I've got a heavy resume deadline due or somebody needs something from me, then I don't. I don't put that extra strain on me. Mm. Uh, in other words, I will get those done in the order that I've defined them, but right. they're not necessarily prioritized for that day. Mm -hmm. Uh, but if I see that I've got nothing else on my plate and I'm clear on the tasks, then yes, I will go mm -hmm. ahead and prioritize them just so that I can how, contextualize them in terms of uh, am I going outside the home to do these errands? Do these Are these things that need to be done at home? What's the value of them in terms of the quadrants one, two, three, and four mm -hmm. reassessed for that day? Because yeah. they may have been a quadrant one when I assigned them, yeah. but mm -hmm. looking at that day, they may have been pushed to a quadrant three. Mm-hmm. So they, you could have an internal assessment or audit of where your priorities are for that day. Because I've actually sort of hit on a few what snags in the way I'm doing things at the minute in, in terms of, well, I've started something. It's 95% finished. Right. But I've got a, one more thing to do before I can finally tick it off to say, yes, it is complete. Right. Now, I, I'm tempted to start putting sort of sort of some sort of color coded or some sort of note or some sort of symbol even against um, those tasks that aren't complete to indicate that they're not finished or they're sort of they've been started but not finished bullet journaling like has symbols like that you can actually indicate that it's in progress for example yeah and that shows that, and that's why I like OmniFocus, because it actually allows you right. to have, whether it's been started, whether it's in progress, or whether it's ended. Mm -hmm. And in a specific project, so let's say, you're, like you said, your project is 95% complete. There are steps to complete this project. Mm -hmm. And you may have completed steps one through nine, and you're just missing step 10 now. Yeah. It will show those nine steps complete and the one step that still is incomplete so that you can clear, clarify. What I'm trying to, um, let, let, in, in my sort of terms, it it's, tends to be, you know, it might be, um, you know, for instance, a, a blog post or something like that, or a right. series of different blog posts. And it's some way of sort of reminding myself what needs to be finished off on that particular one that I've started but not quite finished. It might be because I, I have to wait for another blog post to go live before I've got the link to that one to insert into the one that I'm writing for a future sort of thing. Right. So, so those would not be consecutive. I mean, those would be consecutive yeah. um, sessions that you could set up with OmniFocus as right. opposed to parallel events. Mm. Parallel events allow you to do things in 
what is it mutually exclusive of one another? Yeah. So you can uh, replace the light bulb in one room while you're also getting the vacuum repaired, right? Those yeah, the, those things right. aren't yeah, yeah. dependent on one another. But when they are dependent, you what you have is consecutive, and mm-hmm. so you can't go to the next step until. And so that's why it's important, and that's why I like OmniFocus is because yeah. I can plan everything in those two concepts mm-hmm. uh, and tag things that are parallel we can do them one right next to another or in your case you have a project that is consecutive mm-hmm. and as a result one is pending the results of the other yeah and it, and completion depends on that as well mm. and i think you ought to do yourself a favor and list your projects in those formats just right. for peace of mind so that you understand that it's not that you're incomplete with it yeah. your project phaseology just hasn't landed in the in the time what I might constraint do is that just it needs just stick a date on something so i know yeah. that when on this date go and do this one because right. you'll know you can complete it sort of thing um, rather than it just sitting on the list sort of dateless. right and so if it's sitting on the list list it's not contextualized there's no, no. context for your brain to say no. it's just looking at it going look incomplete 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 yeah. as opposed to yes. putting it under a context that allows it to see the bigger picture of oh we've got one more tick box that we've completed here in the yeah. big picture of this project mm. so consider that consider splitting it up into parallel and uh, consecutive projects mm. and that way your brain your male brain with the boxes My brain, where, is it? where was it i left it here somewhere <laughs> can understand that it's possible to have to, once you contextualize it your brain gets that it's okay for that to sit open because mm. it's pending completion of another project uh, ideally what we want our listeners to get out of this is that you ought you ought to train yourself to get away from living in quadrant three and four quadrant three and four quadrant three seems like it's urgent and important but it's not it's a masquerade it's it's a facade you've got to learn to pull yourself away from other people's seemingly important things and focus on the things that are important to push your life forward i always tell my clients make sure you're doing business in front of someone not away from someone when you're doing work away, you're not really getting business done. When you're doing work in front of someone face-to-face, that's when things are happening. That's the important stuff that's happening right there. And that would be my takeaway. Steve? I, I'm going to have to make this this podcast classified, you know, because if, if my wife hears about what we've been talking about, she's going to say, I've been telling you this for how long? <laughs> Allison, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> But it's important because, look, I do it too. I'm not perfect. I sit down and I, I want to play games. I want to numb out. I want to be able to make all the horrible things in the day disappear. And what I've found out is something that Rita has helped me with a lot, actually. My good friend Rita Sidani said, go dive into a book. Mm. And I'm really enjoying the idea of taking my thoughts and allowing them to disappear inside books instead of mindless digital overload because yeah. that's where that's where the stuff disappears i find my ideas disappear when i'm in that digital mindset that's why i like using a kindle rather than a, um, a tablet because yeah, if i'm using too. a kindle it's only reading Yes, I've not thank getting you. notifications flushing up. And I could, you know, I couldn't understand why I needed a Kindle yeah. on top of everything else I had. But yes, I love reading in my Kindle. Mm. I can carry it with me wherever I go. I've yeah. got all my books with me. And as per Rita's suggestions, I am doing only one book at a time. I've slowed down my pace because I've got so many other things on my plate right now. 
Um, but what 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 do you think as far as this podcast goes, Steve? What what are you willing to try for next time? I'm um, certainly gonna start looking because th- th- this has happened this week, literally this week, where I've hmm. got, I've been working through you know quite a few little mini projects, uh, well well into sort of beyond the week for once, actually getting as far in advance as I can. And right. This sort of thing has suddenly stumbled upon me, as it were. Not in a bad way, far from it. It's not a big problem. Um, I'm just trying to, you know, solve my own problems because I'm sure others have the same problem, but on a bigger scale because they're dealing with bigger things and what have you, Hope I, I suspect. And, you know, as always, I'm, I've got one mind for myself and one for our listeners in terms of, you know, they must have this same problem as well, I would think. Of course. Um, and so... What I'm going to try and do is devise some way of indicating to myself, you know, the ones that, you know, which ones which are in, well, in progress at the moment. They're just sort of still sat there on the list unticked. Yet I know for a fact that I've actually commenced stuff on quite a few of these. Yeah. Yet they're not complete yet. So I've just, just got to divide them. Regroup them as as projects that yeah, are that I are, need to do uh, something keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. So I don't have to remember half a dozen symbols and things. Um, I did look at bullet journaling, but it didn't quite sort of really sort of dwell with me. I don't know why. It's just one of them things. But um, I'll the symbology, though, might yeah. be attractive to you. You don't have yeah. to pull everything out of bullet journaling, mm. but the symbol for in-progress makes mm. sense to me to indicate to you that this has been started and it is pending mm. something else's completion. We'll take that as your tip of the week, I think. Yeah, that's fine. What's your tip? My tip? Oh, now you've put me on the spot again. <laughs> <laughs> as always... Write things down. Um, don't rely on your memory. Try not to get diverted by the n- non-trivial things. That, that is my biggest tip and my biggest hate in a way is being diverted from the important things by the trivial things. I'm going to add to your tip. I think what really what you're saying is by not being distracted, shut off some of those digital devices mm when you're sitting down to plan and come up with a focus for this week. Yeah. All too often we're relying on those digital devices that are constantly in our faces, constantly behind mm. the scenes, going and running and news feeding and updating. Shut it off mm. and sit down and see what happens. And focus your attention on your nearest and dearest, if need be. Right. <laughs> so where can we find you on the net this week? You can find me at Planerology. We're up and running. Planerology.com. You can find me at Karina Tovmasian on Instagram. We would love to have you. The conversation's growing bigger and bigger on Planerology. We're doing great things, and we're talking about the first-class lifestyle, so come find us. And me, as usual, in the usual hidey holes of Filofaxi.com, TravelersNotebookTimes.com, and you'll find me on Instagram as well, somewhere as Mr. Filofaxi, dead original. You've just had the tremendous experience of listening to us, which makes you absolutely fabulous.